0: Three kings of Orient are One in a taxi One in a car One on a scooter Blowing his hooter Smoking a big cigar Oh, star of wonder Star of might Fill your pants with dynamite Light the fuse And off we go Round the world To Mexico
1: Well done, Dougie That was uh, Douglas Rattle With the uh, beautiful... Song, We Three Kings. Uh, haunting. Very haunting. Quite chilling, actually. Um, and I'm uh, Hugh Kennard, uh, and uh, we are going through the 12 Days of Christmas. A little treat for you around the Christmas period. And this week we're talking about the Three Kings of Orient, or the Magi, see? And uh, and their gifts. So um, so shall I just kick off and go for it, shall I? I'll just, just crack on. Rattle through. So uh, Matthew mentions the, uh, the Magi 70 years after the birth of Jesus. Nobody really wrote about it immediately. Um, they weren't described as wise men or, or, as, or as kings. And, and there was no number three mentioned either. They are simply men from the east or visitors from the east. So perhaps Norfolk. So potentially little
0: baby Jesus could have been just basically like a flash mob of about 75 farmers from Norfolk turning up just to see what all the fuss is about.
1: Uh, the quote, actually, uh, if you'll allow me, is some men who studied the stars came from the east to Jerusalem uh, and they asked, uh, where is the baby born to the king of the Jews? No, sorry, to be the king of the Jews. We saw his star when it came up in the east and we've come to worship him.
0: But they're being very vague. I mean, I mean there's a lot of... I've mentioned a few babies were born that night, you know? it's It's not uncommon for humans to make new humans, is
1: it? I have to admit that if somebody turned up when the twins were born and said uh, we are kings from afar and we've got some gifts uh, is this where we should leave them i'd probably say yes
0: well every little helps doesn't it well
1: exactly and and also surely there's an awful lot of people under one star isn't there
0: true true true
1: it's not like a it's it's not like a um uh, what do you call them a, a, a spotlight it's a bloody star
0: and they're pretty big
1: aren't they they are pretty big and they're pretty far away as well uh, oh, so
0: this is very vague,
1: isn't it? Isn't it? That's the trouble with the Bible. That's why you need faith, I think. So, yes. um, so let's have a look at the gifts now, shall we? So, gold. Now that makes sense because it represents power. See, and like the modern equivalent would be like the latest iPhone, I suppose, or some Nike Airs, which is uh, which which are very popular as well. And then, uh, and then frankincense. It's actually an ingredient in perfume. So uh, that represents how children, especially teenagers, can be very smelly. Especially in those school shirts, because they're not very breathable. You see, they're very plastic. No, no, they're very I, polyester. Yes. I mean, they're practically dry as soon as you take them out of the washing machine. I, I, just, I just can't believe it. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not the, I mean, it's not the twins' fault. It, they're going through changes, you know, and so um. But I do. Well, my
0: eldest, of course, has come out the other side of that, and uh, he's twice the man he was when he went in. Uh, but it was a, it was a heck of a ride. I don't mind telling you. For me, his mother. And the youngest, but uh, yeah, the youngest always got something to moan about, hasn't he?
1: Is he quite fragrant now? Then,
0: what well, my eldest? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. S- he smells like potpourri. Oh, lovely! What about uh, what about the little one? No, no, he he is yet to discover the power of scent.
1: So, uh, I mean, uh, there is obviously the possibility that maybe they brought it because stables can be stinky. Well, so can babies, let's be honest. Yeah, well, yes, exactly, yes. Maybe it wasn't a gift for the baby so much as for everybody else's nostrils. Exactly. Uh, So the modern equivalent uh, would be to uh, give a child or his parents uh, benzyl alcohol, acetone, linalool, ethanol, ethyl acetate, benzylhyde, camphor, formaldehyde, methylene chloride or uh, limonene uh, or synthetic musks and phthalates, are potentially hazardous compounds, but they're also very popular in perfume ingredients.
0: But it wouldn't fit in the song, would it?
1: No, I I don't think it would be quite as lyrical, no. Uh, No. And then there's myrrh, which is also used in perfume, but it's also used for back pain, diarrhoea, parasite infections, wound healing, so lovely smell there, I should think. Um, There's no good actual scientific or medical evidence that support these uses. And uh, we can't recommend on this podcast that myrrh is used for back pain, diarrhoea, parasite infections or wound healing. So it's probably better to use something like a Savlon or a germaline or some antibiotic salve.
0: I mean, I should add to that point for the benefit of our listeners, we are not uh, medical professionals. And if you do have any complaint, please consult your, your physician um, or go to the doctors. We, we are not equipped to advise you.
1: So, uh, myrrh uh, is also used in embalming mummies and anointing kings, um, which is why when they opened the uh, tombs in the Valley of the Kings, everyone went, mmm, that's a nice smell, isn't it? Loved it, they did. They loved it. uh, But there's also this belief that uh, because it's for anointing the dead, that it may be a reminder that this newborn baby will one day die. I'm I'm not sure when the twins were born. I would have appreciated someone just shouting, he's going to die one day, those two in the back.
0: Yes, I- but but this is different times. I mean death was embraced as part of life, wasn't it? I mean it was an essential part of the culture many years ago to have these memento moris we and you know what literally do you know what memento mori means? It literally is translated as remember you must die. So oh. it, it, it's something that actually is with us. So it doesn't surprise me too much although I would imagine you racing home in, in your in your Austin 1100 uh, when the twins were being born, you know it was a home birth, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Well, exactly. I mean, you probably wanted to make sure that your wife didn't spill all over the carpet. So, uh, I imagine you wouldn't want any kind of negative feedback at all. And being told they're going to die at one point certainly counts as negative feedback. Where I come from,
1: uh, and we come from the same place, Hugh. Well, exactly. Yes, I, I believe the Edwardians just had a man, like the um, upper classes, uh, had a man who just shout, "They're going to die one day," in the background. Like, as soon as anyone entered, like, a party, and they say, this is Mr. and Mrs. Thorpe of uh, the Green, and then the man would say, and they're going to die one day, just in the background.
0: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, every town had a town crier, and this was the town dyer, you see.
1: That's right, yes. Uh, So, basically, the modern equivalent, what I'm trying to say, would be um, some overpriced trainers, uh, a potentially hazardous chemical compound, and some nappy rash cream, which is what the uh, Magi brought. So that takes us to magi. That can mean astronomer, a low-level priest, or a magician, like uh, Paul Daniels, uh, mixed with, like, Sir Patrick Moore, and uh, and the keyboard player from Brodsky Beat, who's now a member of the clergy, you see? Now, mm. I, once I discovered this, Like when I directed the children in uh, their school nativity play, uh, I suggested Paul Daniels, Patrick Moore, and the uh, Reverend Richard Coles as inspirations for their roles, and although they still wore dishcloths on their head, I felt they really carried it off, especially little Hector Groundswell from Miss Esparza's class, as, as Patrick Moore, and uh, and and then Paul Daniels, as he handed over the myrrh, said, "You'll like this. Not a lot, but you'll like it." And I got a I got a quite uproarious laugh, actually, from uh, a lot of the parents. Some of them tutted, but th- that's the Christians for you.
0: Well, I wanted, and I I think that should have been on the poster, wasn't it? You'll like this, not a lot, but you'll like it. That's an excellent review.
1: I think think that's what they're considering renaming most nativity plays. Uh, Because if you have more than one child, I pity those people with five or six or seven children who have to go to seven... Those poor Catholics who have to sit through seven nativity plays in their lifetimes after doing their own and seeing their brothers. I mean, Catholics probably see about twenty to thirty nativity plays in their lifetimes if they don't have it rammed down their throats, sitting in their little boxes, complaining.
0: Well, I mean, it's their own fault, isn't it? I mean, if they if they're going to if they're going to hang on to papal infallibility and the insistence you are not allowed to wear a sheath during coitus, then frankly, you deserve everything you get. And if that everything you get is a is a brood of ungrateful little brats then, you know what, why don't you just suck it and see?
1: I, I don't think, I can't think of any better birth control than saying you'll have to go to more than one nativity play.
0: I can't think of any, anything more birth control than saying you might have a child.
1: Uh, so over the next 2,000 years The story's been embellished And the number expanding from 3 Magi To 12 Magi and then back again And then millions of them and then 20 uh, And they've been of um, Mixed descent and races depending on the Geopolitics of the world They've had different facial hair And they've been big bone, they've been slender But they have enabled us To dress our children in kitchen towels And cut a head hole in a tablecloth Nothing says Christmas better
0: And I think that's a perfect point in which to end this little Christmas cracker of an episodeette for the festive season until the next one, which is coming along very, very soon. Because this is, of course, the 12 Days of Christmas with Douglas and Hugh, part of history for them. And now it's for you. Produced, written and performed by Adrian McKinder and James Devonshire with music by Mike Jones. If you enjoyed what you heard and you would like to hear some more, you can hear some more where you found this one. Thank you.